Well, welcome to the throne room. This is season one, episode four, and it will be the week of May 7th and 8th. So, by the time you listen to this, it will have been May 8th or May 9th. Oh my god. Oh, I just got a message on my Mac. So, coming up in this episode of the podcast, I'm testing my Aftershocks headphones, and I'm going to talk a little bit about a documentary that I think all y'all should watch. If you really care about juvenile justice, we will also meet the hip-hop artist who is blind, and he's not just a hip-hop artist he is i would consider him the blind version of ludicrous because ludicrous has a business called roll a die and it like there's like deliveries and things that he does with it you can deliver stuff through roll a die i think it's in atlanta only but ludicrous is also an entrepreneur and he uses garage band to do his beats and stuff so We're going to talk to the man behind the album, The King of Vices. And coming up next week, we will have a man who is known for his loving, I mean, lovely audio theater episodes. And this man is, well, how do I explain this? He loves audio theater, his show. It is basically old-time radio, so we're going to have a casual combo in the next episode about old-time radio and when did he get into the golden age of radio, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about how things have changed since the golden age of radio and what were things, what was a woman's role in the old radio episodes. Now, here's another thing. If you want to be a part of this fun, if you want to be a part of the fun in the podcast, and if you want to do an interview, all you need to do is send me a paragraph about what you want to talk about. All I'm asking is a paragraph. It's not that hard. Uh, Please email denverqueen at gmx.com. I will also take feedback emails there. Also, if you like what you see in this podcast, please give a rating. Five stars. I would love a five-star rating, but I really don't care what you rate my podcast as. I'm going to have some fun with it. Disclaimer, some of the interviews and some of the things that you might hear in this podcast may contain strong language. There may be talk of adult subjects in some of my interviews. I didn't think about this until I had one of my episode interviewees and I kind of got a little carried away and I want to apologize about that. But I do want to make sure that everyone is aware that you might be hearing a lot of, you know, stuff in the interviews. And it may be an interviewee, it may be me. So... Just be aware of it and listen. Our discretion is advised. So, (laughs) thank you all very much. And 
let's give it a whirl. And I will read email feedback. I think I'll do the feedback segment. Duh, I can't talk today. Segment at the end of every episode so that people can actually get an idea of what's being said. Also, if you're on the Anchor app, and if you'd like to leave a voice message, you can simply by messaging me in the podcast on Anchor. If you favorited me, thank you so much for the favorite. That helps me a lot. Um, You can also find this podcast on Apple Music, Apple... It's Apple Podcasts and Spotify, among other things, and Pocket Casts, among others. So just, if you can find The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi, it's a show. It's a show. I looked and I searched, yeah, I searched for my own podcast. Am I weird or what? But I, I searched for my own podcast and subscribed to my own podcast so that I could tell you guys a little bit about it. But first, I'm also going to um, tell you guys that I got an Olympus LSP4 recorder, which I can do interviews ahead of time on that as well. If you're live, local, and want to be interviewed on microphone, I can do that too. So, but if you are not local, all I need to do is arrange, I can conduct interviews Even if you don't have the Anchor app, I'm not going to worry, but again, if you want an interview inquiry, if you want me to inquire about interviewing you, send me an email, whether it's interviews, feedback, whatever, (laughs) you can hit me up at denverqueen at gmx.com. That simple. Denverqueen is my username. You can also look at my Twitter, my Facebook and other things at denverqueen.com. But if you really, really want to do an interview with me, hit me up on my email so I can kind of have it in black and white and I can just go from there. (laughs) I also want to have gamers. If you are game, if your game is amazing, or if you are a gamer and you love playing games, please let me know. Because I want to talk gaming with you. I want to talk retro gaming. I also want to talk... What do I want to talk? Uh, Retro gaming. And I want to talk about... What do I want to talk about? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk about gaming. I want to talk about that. But if any of you has ever played Tomb Raider, I don't care if you can't see it or not. Please tell me you did not have a crush on Lara Croft. <laughs> I do want to talk about the female characters in video games, and I want to have a little discussion. It may be a panel discussion, so I may be inviting multiple people, particularly those on Twitter and Facebook or some other means. I may invite you to join me on Anchor, we can record this, and yeah, this may be a panel discussion about gaming and female issues with regards to games and stuff. It doesn't even have to be a guy who loves gaming. I'm inviting girls, non-binary people, and all kinds of other people 
to talk about gaming. I can only pick three people at the most. Maybe even, I think it's like, what, five others? At the most, I could maybe do three to five people in a panel discussion. But we're going to have some fun talking about gaming and women's issues with regards to gaming. What can be made different as far as female portrayals in video games and such. What is, and I might also throw in a retro party. So if you're a 90s kid and you want to talk 90s, let's talk 90s. I want to thank my friend Ty in California for that suggestion. I also have um, my dear partner and I, we might do an interview together on my Olympus, provided I can charge the battery. I want to charge the battery, and it better charge on me because it's saying low, and I keep looking at the battery, and I'm like, stop. But the thing is, like, not charging. It's like, why? And the stupid battery, it's its one of those nickel-ion battery things. It's, it's supposed to be a lithium-ion battery. I stuck the thing into the recorder. I got the thing set up. That's not the case with, you know, charging it, though. I'm trying to get it to charge. And it says don't use a USB hub. But the problem is I don't have a PC. I do not have a PC. Not at this time. I only have a Mac and a Chromebook. I have two working computers. But I also have... Um, a couple tablets, a couple... Well, I have a phone and everything. Um, oh, yes, you can also play Apple Podcasts on your Lady A devices. I'm only going to say Lady A because I know some of you might be like, You triggered mine! And I don't want anybody to do that. So, how do you want to play The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi on your Lady A devices? Pretty simple. You have to link Apple Podcasts to it. I don't think it's on Podbeam. I don't know where else it is. But it distri- Anchor distributes the podcast thing, so but it is available on all your platforms that you like. Apple, Google, whatever. So here's how here's an example of how you can do it. Just ask your Lady A device to play the, the Throne Room with Beth Rossi. And First of all and foremost, I'd like to give a shout out to all my friends who love Game of Thrones. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. I will not, and I repeat, will not use just the throne room in my title. But this is not strictly a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Because Game of Thrones is over, people. It's been over for a year but they only have like what eight seasons of that show and it's all westeros and stuff that's not what i'm talking about my podcast is a variety podcast and it's also kind of highlights everything that i believe in like feminism liberality and all the good stuff but we're going to talk to we're going to talk to the blind guy who's working on a rap album and this guy I still say he's the blind version of Ludacris. I still think he's the blind version of Ludacris. He's a entrepreneur. He has worked with companies prior. He's had a pretty interesting job history, to say the least. Um, I'm going to let him talk to you about all the things he's done. 
all the things that he likes to do. And you guys are going to get to know this guy, and maybe some of you might not like him personally, but it's like, <sighs> I know some people who are just like, why? Anyway, thanks all, and enjoy the interview, enjoy the show, and have a great day. say a word I do need to um, point out how many of you might be binge watching Netflix so how many of you are looking for things to watch listen to on the Netflix streaming service I want to thank each and every one of you for again listening to the podcast it is time for me to biograph an issue I am seriously going to biograph an issue. It's not just one girl, but there is an example that people need to understand. On Netflix, they recently put down a new documentary, and I will admit it is described. So you all are going to have quite a lot of fun with the descriptions. But has anyone heard the name Centoya Brown? You guys, I also want to point to her memoir. It's, it was called Free Centoya, and it's written by Centoya Brown. And she recently got married, and she's added another name to it. I forget what the name is. Honestly, goodness sake. I forget what the name was, but, you know... I want to just say that Centoya Brown was a victim of what we call the get tough on crime system for juveniles. When a juvenile commits a crime, what should happen? What should be done to prevent further crimes from happening in the juvenile justice system or in the criminal adult justice system? First of all, I think that... I think that... When, when a child is 16 years old, as Centoya was when she murdered the guy, your brain is not developed yet. There may be other examples. I can come up with other examples. There was a Nathaniel Abraham that I read about. I read about him in a magazine, and he was... How old was he? He was about uh, 11 years old when he shot and killed somebody. The only issue I see with juveniles being convicted as adults, the problem with the uh, juveniles being convicted as adults, and there's a Harley going by the window, the juvenile brain is not developed yet. And there's just so much stuff, so much stuff that nobody can really comprehend that's going through a teenager's brain. It doesn't take rocket science to figure out that a teenager 
is not yet ready to make life choices on their own. I understand that. But as a 16-year-old, when you are being trafficked to a guy who might shoot you, what do you do? What would you do? I mean, what would you do if your son was at home? It's, there's a City High song that kind of brings, brings it really home. Like, well, I mean, what would you do if you found out that the girl you were sleeping with was 16 years old and you're a guy who's in the military, former military, all that stuff, and you're like, oh, I want to show you my gun collection. First of all, I would be really nervous if a guy was showing me his gun collection. I'm just going to pick on... Uh, let me pick... I mean... I would say that my ex... One of my exes violated my trust. But I'm not going to pick on him. What if I picked on my ex, Deck? Okay, Deck is a nice guy. I know he's a nice guy. But what made me nervous about him was when he said a few weird things about... You know, convicted terrorists and things like that. And I was like, what? But I did not bother to say, Deck, I can't be with you because your beliefs are what they are. But the other thing I did not do with Deck was, I didn't ask, do you own a firearm? But I wouldn't have done that to him at all. Even if I was a 16-year-old girl. Even if I was the age I was when I met him, I was like 24. But the difference between a 16-year-old brain and a 24-year-old brain is very stark. The 23-year-old brain is practically developed. The frontal cortex of the human brain is developed. The 16-year-old's going through a lot of stuff. When I was 16, I went through hell, okay? I'm not gonna lie. I was not introduced to things like white and sight supremacy until about recently. Like now. I also have had moments in high school that were not very pleasant. I wanted to, and I should have probably dropped out of THS. Okay. Oh boy. Um... Yeah, and to those of you who are on the front lines, I want to say I, I appreciate everything that you do. Before I move on with the topic at hand, I, I just, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I wanted, I should have probably dropped out of THS, but if I dropped out of THS, I would not have been able to graduate high school. But let's also point out that THS was a site supremacy school, I think, in my opinion. This is being the only blind person at THS who graduated the school successfully without having to do a special diploma and take five years and be a freshmore. I've seen people do that. Now, why Centoya quit school? I don't know. But... I did. Fe I feel bad for Centoya because people wanted to throw Centoya away, and she she pled for clemency. If you guys want to check out the documentary, there is recordings of her at 16. There are recordings of the evaluations she had to go through. 
and she was given up for adoption at age two. I cannot stand the idea of giving up my own children for adoption, and there's a reason why. The giving people up for adoption thing, I understand that's a better way than murdering your child, but adopted children, from what people have told me, they, they have a lot of behavior issues and stuff. Why? Because suddenly their world is turned upside down because their mom says, I can't take care of you anymore. You have to go to someplace else. I mean, imagine the person that you, okay. So like if you were in the womb of the person, you were in a womb. Everybody has been in there, done that, kicked their mommy's bellies, you name it. Everybody has been in the womb before. Nobody is in an electric womb. There is no bottle babies like in Brave New World. I'm not going to go there. Everybody has been inside some woman. But imagine the woman taking care of you for a couple years and then suddenly, oh, I'm not going to take care of you anymore. I have to give you away. So you're, you're in foster care and you're like, I don't know these people. I don't want to have anything to do with these people. They don't love me. And you miss everything about the security of the womb or your mother. Things that, you know, naturally come to everybody. And to be quite honest, I am not sure who my bio dad is. And a lot of us who are blind have either been adopted or been half adopted, like in my case. But in Centoya's case, she wasn't even disabled. But her family has had drug problems and other, there were there were just quite a few little bits and pieces of her family that I was able to gather from the documentary but you guys need to watch this watch this okay I'm not gonna spoil much more but I really love love how Centoya got got her redemption I'm not gonna tell you how you gotta watch the documentary people but I am gonna say Juvenile justice is a mess. I think the juvenile justice system needs to be given a big overhaul. For one, teenagers, teenagers, like I have said, do not have, they simply do not have, let's see. Let's just say that teenagers do not have the wherewithal, they do not have the development yet, they're half adults, half children. When you're a child, your brain is a certain way. When you get to be a teenager, your brain is a certain way. And when your brain is a certain way, like when the cortex is doing all kinds of crazy stuff and your head is being literally trimmed, waxed, styled, and fitted for life. Sometimes, and there's even a good book I want you guys to check out besides Centoya's memoir. I want you guys to check out the book. Oh my God, sorry, the door just closed. Um, huh. Check out the book entitled Born to be Wild. 
by a, he's a teenage psychiatrist, like a teenager and child psychiatrist. This guy is amazing. He's got this book called Born to be Wild. It's by Jess P. Shapkin. Check that book out. It debunks all the myths about dare and scared straight. I will tell you this much. Dare and scared straight never worked. It never worked. So how do we keep juveniles from doing drugs? It starts at home. It starts with the parent who says, please don't touch this or that. It starts when you're a toddler curiously climbing up the up the uh, counter and you're like, daddy, mommy, is that candy? You say, no, that is not candy. That helps me stay well. Put that back. That is medicine. The first things you have to learn as a toddler are what is a yes and what is a no. And medicine and drugs are a no. You have to learn that first. And a lot of these other parents, the ones who do drugs don't even take care of their toddlers. Then when you turn six and you're in kindergarten, the first thing you're gonna learn is what is appropriate and what is inappropriate behavior. When you have children going, I just pulled out pot from my lunchbox. What you say is, what's pot? You have to ask the teacher what pot is. And when pot comes through someone's lunchbox, all that pot is basically a marijuana thing. It's a marijuana thing. And the teacher says, that is a bad drug. So how can you explain to children that marijuana is bad for their brain? I get that. Marijuana is something that a 21-year-old adult can take. But there are children like Charlotte Figgy who desperately need some kind of weed. They need to have special cannabis oil to, you know, and there are, you know, honestly parents that would give anything to make sure their children have a normal life. And that's great. And I think that cannabis should be made available to the children who need it. That's fine. But then children should be instructed in its use and basically told, okay, so you need to swallow this little pill. Don't tell them what's in it because it might scare them, but just say, swallow this little magic pill. It'll help you with your seizures and stuff. That's how you get your children to take their medicine, in my opinion. And believe me, I have had to take weird medicine before when I was a little girl. But when I was 19, my mother said, oh dear, they prescribed you horse pills? Ew. <laughs> I was just laughing like, mommy, why are you, what do you mean horse pills? But yeah, you gotta keep kids away from drugs. And the first thing you have to do is say, that's a no. Especially when they're two, you have to hammer it in. Not super hammer it in, but you know, just explain to them what medicine is and what it does and all that stuff. That, that is important. That is important. It's important because, you know, uh, you know, 
when a child gets addicted to drugs, it can be really bad for their brain, and then they start... You know, at 16, you might end up like the prostitute on the highway, you know, wanting to get a high and stuff. But I think it all starts at home. So start at home. Parents, always, always make sure that the medicine and the prescriptions and the painkillers and that stay away from your kids. It's going to get much harder when they're teenagers, I understand. But you have to keep open communication with your kids and you have to support your kids. If your kid is gay, so yeah, support them. But if you feel that homosexuality is bad, think about how your kid might feel if you say your choices or your being is an abomination. That could lead that child down the path of the juvenile justice system, drugs, prostitution, sexually transmitted diseases, all kinds of stuff. I honestly don't want to see my own children of the future end up in a place that they don't want to be at. There are too many incarcerated felons who basically sit there and they're like, oh, you know, I can do whatever I want. And then they get incarcerated and they wonder why they're incarcerated. Of course, the problem with Centoya was I think nobody understood her. They didn't want her. I think there's a race card that might be played here in the juvenile system. You'll see it in the documentary, but I won't go into her case much more. What I will say, though, is there was, there was a young boy who spent most of his life in lockup. His name? Troy Victorino. And his mother said, jail is not a place to grow. Jail is not a place to grow. Jail is not a place to grow. Blah, blah, blah. She is right. I applaud Mrs. Victorino for saying something. Or I don't even know what her last name was. But Troy did not turn out to be a good person. And it wasn't her fault. But I don't know exactly what happened there. But Troy basically was victimized by the juvenile justice system. And unfortunately, the juvenile justice system has now become a get tough, put them away, lock lock them away, throw away the key, and especially toward black juveniles like Centoya was. It wasn't just a black juvenile. There are other black juveniles I have come across that have had some problems. There are mixed race and black and, you know, biracial and all that juvenile. The justice system hates black people. We have an over-incarceration problem in the United States. But it should all begin with learning empathy. Now, I understand there was a new study that came out that said that white people don't have empathy. I'm ashamed of that. Because this is why I don't date a lot of white people. I don't talk to a lot of the white guys. Now, I don't think all white guys are like that. But I have seen my share of white people who say, oh, it's not about race. It's not about politics. Backpedaling what they say about me, etc. Where did they learn that? Where did they learn to backpedal and sit there and, you know, backpedal everything that 
they know they did wrong and they think it's okay to brutalize the black child. Where do they learn that stuff? They see it in white America. And they're like, oh, it's okay because we're white people. We can do what we want. Well, it was that kind of lack of empathy that caused genocide among native tribes, a la Trail of Tears. I have friends who are part Cherokee and they can tell you. My friends Blake and Clayton can tell you. They're part Cherokee and they know, they know about the Trail of Tears, about the so-called Indian Removal Act. Removing natives from their natural land should never have been a part of the agenda of any president of the United States. We should have been cooperative with the native tribes. We should have given them better land too. Let them have their natural homes. Let them have a land they can call their own. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim, so the Pocahontas song says. And I don't even like the word Pocahontas to describe the Algonquin Virginia princess. I don't even remember her real name, but John Smith could only pronounce the word Pocahontas. Please note, I am not slurring any Native American women here on this podcast. Thank you. But it is this lack of empathy that is causing our over-incarceration problem, that is causing the racial profiling, the put Centoya away and don't let her out. She had to fight for that. Even more, there are problems with the lack of empathy in the world that are causing even worse problems. We are in a pandemic. I understand that we're in a pandemic, but the the lack of empathy that we are seeing in the world is not just a white people versus black people thing. You got Asians who are showing lack of empathy. Everybody shows a lack of empathy every once in a while. There may be black dudes who don't have any empathy at all. I get it. And there are Hispanics who do the same. Every human being might have shown a lack of empathy here and there and everywhere. Even myself. But I honestly, I think it was a response. Because here I was. I was only a child. I was only a child. And my mother comes in, grabs me by the hair and pulls it. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? The child who is helpless, just flopping around on the bed, mom comes in and slaps you on the face. What does that tell you? Does that mean you're valued? And it all starts when you're a little child, you're just playing around, putzing around, and this is what happens. Centoya might have been abused as a child, abused or whatever, as whatever by her adoptive family. And when the doctor went up from the evaluation, that's what he found. Centoya had mental health problems because of a family history of this sort of thing. Her mother had her when she was 16 too. So the mother was like 32 years old. I had a friend who had a teenage pregnancy though, and 
teenage pregnancies aren't always the issue. But I honestly hope that my friend does not have her son's mugshots. Because her son, her son needs to learn respect. He needs to learn to respect women and their place. A woman is in a higher authority in some areas. Men and women are equal. But I honestly reserve the right to say this much. Part of the juvenile justice system may also lie with the patriarchy. All the judges in Centoya's case, except for one, were men. I think the men had a sadistic desire to put the little black girl in jail and throw away the key. And when Governor Bill Halford of Tennessee heard the story, he was like, she didn't get a chance to defend herself. She was told that she committed murder. No. I honestly believe the patriarchy is causing a lot of these problems too. Let's take the story of Eileen Warnos, for example. Eileen Warnos was abused as a child, chose a life of prostitution when she was 14. She ended up killing a few guys. And when the guys, there were a couple guys at her execution and they were laughing and they were like, ooh, she's under our control and we can take her life. I think she was a victim of society, in my opinion, you know. It was the lack of empathy. Eileen Warnos might not have been a monster, but I think the men who abused her, if all you know is abuse and all that stuff in your life, that is going to be your fate. I mean, it's called learned helplessness. What do you do? What do you do to stop yourself from you know, whoring yourself to that truck driver on the road. How do you do that? How? If you don't stop whoring yourself to the truck driver on the highway, it's only going to become worse. Now, I think we should legalize prostitution for adults 21 and up so that we don't, we can have a, like a cut down on perverts who say, Oh, I want to I want to get with that teen baby doll and, you know, do all that stuff. But I think that sex work should be legal so we can cut down on, you know, people wanting illegal sex with illegal people. And the the whole thing is, you know, just it's amazing. It's amazing when you think about it. But I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. What happens when you see, you know, the over-incarceration problem and the patriarchy says behave. And when a woman says something that a man doesn't like, he thinks he has the right to threaten her. I've got a good example from my life, which I will share. There were two 
ordinary blind men who had jobs. And they basically did not like something I wrote and shared in a blog. One of my friends had a screenshot in which both of these guys basically agreed with brutalizing black and brown children. But they are also patriarchal numbnuts. I am sorry to say this about, but the two guys ended up sending a woman to threaten me over the phone. That threat got published on Facebook. Not only was the threat published on Facebook, but, well, I published the number on Facebook, which might not have been the best decision, but I was shaking. I was frazzled by the threat. And yet, there is a guy who talks about the same issues that I do, and he doesn't get threats. People need to get rid of the patriarchy, and I think getting rid of the patriarchy might solve some, if not all, the problems regarding sexual and gender inequality with regards to women and their opinions. Centoya's case is another example of how the patriarchy is affecting women in the justice system. It ain't just women in prisons and stuff. You've also got women like me on the outside who've never had justice system stuff happen to her. But I kind of hope those two guys, if they threaten me again, I will definitely have the justice system on their butts. It was basically two guys from out of state, two different states. I won't name which. But it's the patriarchy that leads them to believe that I'm a psycho and a loon bag and other kinds of mean things. I hope that you will find what I just said to be very, very, very informative. And I also hope that you will think in your minds about what should happen to teens who commit crimes. What can we do to solve the over-incarceration in America? I think what we can do is pretty simple. We get rid of patriarchal norms and laws that put women in a different sphere than men. Women and men are equal. Face it, people. We also need to have a lot of empathy for our black and brown brothers and sisters. While the white America is praising white dictators who are saying things like, oh, black people are this, brown people are that, and using white supremacist norms to counter crime, to try to put people in a box, what we need to do is counter all this with policies that suggest that, you know, we need to do something about that. We need to do something about all the stuff that's been going on. But, yes, yes, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Anyway... The thing is, though, the Centoya Brown documentary is worth your watch if you really care about the juvenile justice system in America. And the Troy Victorino case tells us that jail is definitely not a place to grow up. Because Troy was very young when he was put in jail. I don't know exactly how young Centoya was when she ended up in the law first. But 
throwing your child away is not something I would advise. I understand parents are frustrated with children and their crimes, but I do think that children should learn from the very beginning that certain things are a crime. Certain things are a crime. Yes, but we also need to understand that empathy is, you know, another big thing. There was a girl in Phoenix who was brutalized by the police because she wanted a doll. Yes, I know that stealing is bad. We can teach that to the little girl all you want. But when she sees the beautiful doll sitting on the shelf and her family can't afford it, why can't the family save up enough money to afford it? Because maybe they're being given higher rates on their rent than their white counterparts. The girl was given the doll, I'm pretty sure, but the police were threatening her. I would suggest we we don't let the police in stores like that because police brutality is a problem. And with police brutality being a problem, we need to understand why it is important that we have empathy. It would decrease the number of brutal incidents. I would say down to zero. Shooting unarmed people, not allowing girls to profess self-defense, when a man tries to have his way with... What they did with Centoya was they said, a man can have his way with you and you don't count because you're a girl. That's what the case was about. And I think Bill Halford did the right thing by redeeming this little one. Now she's 26 years old. She's out of prison. She's doing the right thing. Anyway, thank you all. Next up, I hope that you enjoy the interview, which I will be doing with the guy who is behind King of Isis. And we're going to talk about the messages behind his songs. We're going to talk about the messages behind the things he does, his Twitter, censorship, a variety of topics. So I hope that you guys have fun. I hope that everyone has a lot of fun. Thank you. And again, if you'd like to join the podcast, just let me know. late breaking as of Thursday of last week. I published my uh, podcast on Friday. Excuse me, I think Trenton forgot to put his um, iPad on. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a friend of mine that passed away on Thursday. And I cannot do a proper eulogy at a funeral. But I am going to do something proper for John. 
and John loved every kind of music imaginable, so in the background I'm going to put jazz. I put a jazz interlude because I thought, well, okay, what is John thinking about? Like, up there, wherever he's at. And John Ferry was a musical genius beyond all comparison. Now, in the next segment after I'm done here, you will hear from a guy who's also been noticed, but barely. And he will explain that, you know, getting noticed is a really big thing in the music industry and stuff, but I want to just tell my own story with John because I really can't do justice to John as much as anyone else could. He was... He is survived by his wife, Abby, of, oh God, I would say 10 years, maybe even eight, nine, eight years or so. God, I don't even remember how long they were married for, but, um, John Ferry was perfect pitch. He was talented in all things piano. He enjoyed singing. He had a karaoke thing every week he would do in Lakewood, Colorado, and he he was just fun. He was a lot of fun. And I hate to say this, but, and before he, before Abby came into the picture, I met John at CCB. We were both students. I was on my way to graduating. John, I don't know what he was doing. Not sure what John was up to, but... But John was a sweet guy. He was always happy. He, he had a wild side. He had a fun side. He had all the aspects of happiness wrapped up in a package, and I don't know what else to say. He showed me so much of his unpublished works. He had songs that he had written. Everything from happy songs, like this one song called Emily, which was about a crush on a girl that he had in high school. He's like, he just wrote this song and he put a beat to it and everything. He was damn brilliant. He had pop musics that he had done. And he was a very, very sweet and angelic personality. And from what I have read, on three different occasions on Facebook... He died of liver cancer, and he is now at home with God. He went home, as a lot of Christians would say. He was called home to be with God after all the pain he suffered from liver cancer, and I I just cannot do justice to John. I cannot do justice to John, but... John did love jazz and blues music. He enjoyed old music. He enjoyed pop music. He enjoyed lots of other things. And what we're going to do is... I'm going to dedicate this entire episode to all the musicians out there who are not being noticed along with the segment on the juvenile justice system some of those musicians who are not being noticed enough might have been juvenile delinquents or considered juvenile offenders in one way or another. I have seen my share of good musicians 
who have done mixtapes and albums just as good, but I honestly wonder why the hell John did not get his work published. He never had the chance to get his work published. He never had the chance to do things. So, this is my five minutes of time for John. And I'm sorry, I just want to say, John, I never made time for you because I just, I was in another world and I, I regret not spending enough time with you before you left this world. I hope you will play your harp up there wherever the heck you are and you will show me your heavenly home when we meet again. And you will show me more of the musicality that you had here in this world. Will you shine your light down on me and show me the way? Show me the way. Because I always wanted to become a musician and produce my own tracks and get things going and just write my own songs. And it's just been, it's just been weird. Um, also, I have got some other news to report other than John. And I just did my five minutes for John. So um, I'm going to just take a, another minute here to say that um, my Windows drive with a ton of music needs a new case. So if anyone has any idea of where they can go to get that stuff done, I'm probably going to end up calling Best Buy. But because I think we bought the drive from Best Buy. It was like, what, 10 years ago? Was it nine years ago? Eight years ago? I've been in this building for at least nine years and I totally don't know. But I also have some very important things I'll share with you on next week's segment. Um, And then we got Cinco de Mayo coming up. Uh, This week it will have been Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I'll end on a happy note. If, If you love Taco Bell, at least you have... Uh, what are they called? Taco kits. They're doing taco bar put together taco kits. So they have all the little fixins for a taco in little containers and you just lay them out on your counter like a taco bar and you just put your tacos together. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that's my five minutes plus for John and a couple other things that were late breaking as of last week. I am so sorry I did not put this in my last podcast. I did not even see the posts about John until uh, Friday. And thank you so very much for listening again. And if you have any late breaking information about something you'd like me to know, or if you want to be an interviewee on the podcast, or you have any questions for me or feedback or what have yous, just send it to denverqueen at gmx.com. Please leave your legitimate name, email address, and a way that I can call you back. And of course, I'll consider what you write. Thank you.
Hello everyone, this is Beth again. I'm testing the affinity of the snowball ice microphone. And I want to just let you guys know a couple things. We are not going to be able to do Clayton's interview today. And the reason why is because his website is not up. So, please be patient. We will have the interview with Clayton. He will talk about his life and the things he's passionate about later, at a later date. I do not have a determinant for when his website will be back up. As of this press time, we're going to have Joseph interview on this week's podcast. So if you guys have any questions, I'm sorry to have to let my listeners down, but that, you know, Clayton's missing a lot of opportunities because he had told me his website was down and His email was broken, and the hosting provider that he had worked with before, he basically ended up switching to a thing called DigitalOcean, which, mind you, DigitalOcean... DigitalOcean is a good service, and it would give him, you know, a certain price, but he did not want to have to charge extra for the Cloudflare. And that's what started everything. Now, my website, for those of you who are wondering, has been moved to DigitalOcean. I don't use email through the website. If you guys would like to be interviewed for the podcast, please consider being on and write to denverqueen at gmx.com. That's denverqueen at gmx.com. You can also leave a voice message on Anchor. I will not publish voice messages that don't have anything to do with the feedback regarding the podcast. Um, Let's see. I also want to just let you guys know that John, I did my five minutes for John, and then I'm gonna... God, this is is really gonna be weird. But um, technical difficulties prevent me from doing the interview with Clayton this week, and I'm really sorry that I have to tell you guys about that, but there will be an interview with Clayton at a later date. I also want to point to some things in the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, fasting and prayer are encouraged and well, fasting is required. And I also want to just give the Muslims a chance to talk about their religions and stuff. I've got three people in mind, but if you guys are Muslim and or you're interested in learning about Islam, this might be a good podcast for you. Um, There will be an episode coming up about uh, sometime post-Eid. I talked to a friend who's like, oh, I want to talk to you about, you know, Islam and stuff. And he's a very devout Muslim. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people who've converted or have been born into it and everything. And it's like, okay. But I have a couple of liberal women who are going to speak to us. Um, I don't know about liberal, but they are good Muslims. And they they know their stuff, and I know my stuff, so... But I am going to talk a little bit about why I don't do religious stuff. But I'm going to talk a little about my experience. Now, Muslims are very cool people. And I just... I do want to affirm that I have nothing against Islam itself. I think that Islam is capable of growing to being a 
a religion of harmony and love. But there are things wrong with a lot of the cultures that celebrate Islamic principles. Things like they don't allow women to choose their own mates. You got child marriage going on in places like Yemen and Saudi Arabia. And you've got lots of issues and hot button topics that I don't know if I should cover here. And some of those hot button issues found their way into a psych test that I did which was really kind of stupid. Anyway, um, sorry to let the listeners down again. I am testing out the snowball microphone. I will be using the snowball mic when I'm doing solos, but when I'm doing an interview, it's going to have to be the in-ear headphones because I can't just sit down. I don't know. Let me see. I don't don't know if there's a headphone thing on the um, ice but I am gonna get a snowball ice at some point. I'm just gonna, I'm getting, I'm getting settled, you guys. Just hang in there. And if you guys want to be part of this, just join me, uh, DenverQueen at GMX.com. Write a simple paragraph about what, who you are, what your contributions are, and you don't have to include a website. But I know Clayton's very serious about promoting himself and all that stuff. So I'm just going to give him time to do what he needs to do to promote himself, get the website fixed. And something I want to just throw out there, I helped write the bio for his website because Clayton's like, I don't know what to do with a bio. (laughs) But I said, you need a bio for your website. And I I wrote the bio for the website that was blindeq.com and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys, if you guys want, I'll... I'll think about this. Let's see. Anyway, that's my six minutes or so about various other things. You guys have fun. Um, and enjoy Joseph. He's going to talk a little bit about old time radio. And I'm going to talk to Joseph in a casual manner. I'm not going to be all, oh, serious interview manner here because this isn't 60 minutes, okay? And Joseph does not want to tell you about the guy he just bludgeoned to death. You know, it's not that he did that. I'm not saying he did that. What I'm saying is, you know, because on 60 Minutes and other newscast things, what they do is they'll ask, you know, oh, how did you feel about this, that, and the other thing? This is not investigation discovery. This is the throne room with Beth Tarasi and everything goes here. So, yeah, Um, you guys are going to enjoy this. I hope that you guys really enjoy this, and if you don't, yeah. In a little bit, you're going to hear Joseph Weakland talk. I'm not going to put background on this or Joseph's interview here, but I'm just kind of waiting for this little Diddy to process. I just finished with an interview with Joseph Weakland, the founder of Geochronus Radio Network. And yes, he knows how to play the harmonica. So he is also the host of the Harmonica Player podcast. So you guys are going to really enjoy this. So yeah. Hello, can you hear me? Gotcha, Joseph. I can hear you good. Can you hear me? 10 4 loud and clear. We're on. All right. We're on the throne room with Beth Rossi. This is my guest, Joseph Weekland, for the week of May 
uh, whatever, third. <laughs> Actually, this is May 7th. May 7th. I know this is May 7th, but my podcasts are like, well, once weekly. So ah, gotcha. what I do is I usually say like what the podcast is <clears throat> third through the ninth of May. That's basically where we're at. So anyway, um, let's see. I'm going to start with some general questions here, Joseph. Go ahead. What's your, what is your favorite type of food? Macaroni and cheese. That's my top favorite. I also love spaghetti. I also love Italian beef sandwiches from Rosati's, meatball there. Those meatball oh. sandwiches from Rosati's. Those are awesome and damn good. Oh my God. No way. You know what? Honestly, I've, I've tried every mac and cheese in the book. And I oh, can yeah. make. Well, there's one mac and cheese I recommend. It's called Bob Evans Mac and Cheese. You get it from Walmart. Comes mm. in the 12, 12 ounce sleeves or a 20 ounce bowl things. And you can eat it in the microwave. Ooh. Ooh, Bob Evans. I'll have to try that. Bob Evans down on the farm. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> that does remind me. That's um, actually one of the most wholesome staple American foods that I've um, tried over the years. Now, I want to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff you put on your audio theater podcast. Awesome. So those who don't know anything about audio theater, what the hell is audio theater? And what does it do? How did you how did you start? Like, well, what happened? All, for those of you who are listening, for those mm-hmm. ladies and gents out there listening on the Throne Room Podcast, who wants to know how Audio Theater was born, I'll tell you. It was like mm-hmm. this. A mm-hmm. while back when I was a kid, my dad used to read me books like James and the Giant Peach and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and other similar stories. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, what can I do as a tribute to him when I have the know-how and technology to do it? So mm-hmm. a few weeks, uh, about though, in 2012 or so, mm-hmm. uh, my, my buddy Sean from uh, Massachusetts, he goes by Sean C. He, uh, oh, yeah, I he, know he, him. he introduced me to uh, the went up and pre-registered salmon coders that he had. He gave me a copy of those and he uh, showed me how to work it. And I he showed me how to broadcast and uh, on an IceCast server. And, uh, and then I was able to procure content and I figured... He asked me what would be a good name for my show. So I said, well, at first, do you have any ideas? He's like, yeah, how about uh, how about uh, Geochronus Radio Network? I'm like, okay. And actually, Geo is backwards. If you flip J-O-E around, you get J-E-O, see? <laughs> and Cronus is time. So you get it. <laughs> and then uh, that's the uh, how Geochronus Radio Network got started. But how Audio Theater yeah. got started was um, I figured a name for my show that I could make up personally. Mm-hmm. I figured since... Uh, since people see a lot of stuff on TV and radio requires your imagination, hence audio theater. Get it? Oh my God. That is an amazing story. I never heard that. I and probably should that was my tribute back to my dad, audio theater. Audio that theater. Dedicated to him. That is so cool. And as far as I live, as God wills it, even when the Lord calls my dad home, audio theater will continue to run until I can't run it no more. Awesome. And, you know, honestly, I'll tell you the truth. Trenton loves old-time radio as much as probably you do. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite genre that you've done so far on audio theater? And- well, I have no particular favorites. I play so you like all. everything? I play, I play comedy. I play thriller. I play drama. I play mystery. I play detective. You name it. If I have it, I can play it. That is and so the themes are as cool. follows: comedy Sunday, mystery Monday, thriller, uh, 
Detective Tuesday, Western Wednesday, Thriller Thursday, and then, and then Friday would be Adventure Drama or Historical Night, and Saturday a Sci-Fi or Superhero, at least for now oh. until things change. Oh, that's neat. That's really neat. Um, you know, I didn't know this, Joseph. I'm gonna have to put an aside here, but I didn't know Superman had an old time radio show. Yes, so recently, Clayton Bud, Clayton Bud Collier is the star who plays Clark Kent slash Superman. Oh my god, that is so cool. This is so neat. Yes, and um, yes, I played a few Superman episodes in the past, and mm-hmm. episodes that are multi-part, I broke it up into installments and played like parts 1 to 6 one Saturday, and parts 7 mm-hmm. to 13 on the next Saturday, so to keep people in suspense, you might say. Yeah. Oh my god, Joseph. Oh god, you're evil. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. but you love it. You're an you're, 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 uh, awesome hostess of this podcast. No kidding. I, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm really happy with it. Um, but yeah, I, I want to say that it's both you and Trenton that kind of got me hooked on, well, old time radio, but I have a certain fondness and I confess it's for the comedy because I oh, love by- comedy, comedy oh, and, by- and some drama. Ah, cool. And uh, by the way, that special link I gave you all back via Twitter, you may post to your Facebook and share to whoever wants, you know, the link to my, my Zeno FM station and my phone number you can call with Lady A. Oh, how cool. Oh, and You can pass it to anyone you want. That is so neat. Um, okay, I will pass that link around. Now, um, if you want to be cool like Joseph, just email me at denverqueen at gmx.com and you get to be one of the cool kids and you get to sit at the cool kids table and stuff. Now, how did that feel growing up, Joseph? Did you, did your school do like, you know, clicks and all that weird stuff, you know, like cool kids table and stuff? No, no. no. Oh, so did you go to like Illinois school for the blind or something? I, um, the, only, the only quote unquote, uh, I've, I've I've heard of school for the blind referred to as braille jails in some cases. Oh dear! But the only one I've ever went to for a little a, a little stint was in uh, uh-huh. 1996, I believe. It was a little uh, um, a cup two or three months for an independent living skills thing. You know that's weird, but um, I actually went to Colorado Center for the Blind for about 11 months, a little over the. And nine the one months. I went to was the Illinois Center for Rehabilitation, ICRE. Oh dear. Oh, my God. Yeah, I actually read an interesting account of some Illinoisans with disabilities. Well, this was an author. I think she's local to Illinois, but her name is Susan Nussbaum. And she wrote this beautiful story called Good Kings, Bad Kings, which is about, a, I think it's a fictional institution in Illinois. It's like a institute for kids with disabilities that are like, you know, wheelchair bound and all that stuff. And it talks about all the ins and outs of what they went through. I don't know if you've ever seen that book, Joseph, but it's available on Never Bard. Heard. It's available on Bard. Ah. Yeah. And it's narrated by the wonderful Laura Gianarelli, who also does such books as A Little Princess and The Handmaid's Tale, both of which I have in my bookshelf. Ah. Speaking of Bard, I use Bard Express on my computers. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that, that Bard Express. I wish they had a version. You, download for the, Mac. You, you, you can download books with Bard Express. Plug in a flash drive, tell it to copy, and it's done. 
That's the problem. Mac doesn't have a version of Bard Express. It's only Oh, but you met my baby. Shut up. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Trenton thinks he's gonna get me a simple Windows laptop, but I don't know if I really want Windows because I don't know. Me and Windows, we I guess they'll say once you go Mac, once you go Mac, you never go back. <laughs> once you go Mac, you never go back and oh god, how do I say it? Okay, that kind of reminds me of a song that Plies did. It's some rapper. He did a song called Back in All Black or something like that, and it's really good. Yes, and speaking of computer songs, mm-hmm. I have a song that I found out that mm-hmm. someone did a, uh, mm-hmm. a parody called, the actual title is called Oh, What a Night, and the parody one is called Oh, What a Mac, January <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, there's another one that I really like. It's a Mac or PC. Oh, God. (laughs) There's another one called, uh, what is it? Goodbye, Mojave Road. Sorry, Elton John. (laughs) And it was... (laughs) It was a, a friend of mine named Kale from Canada. Kale Nordstrom from Facebook. I, I see him a lot on my videos. He's even recommended like this one band I, I've been hearing called the Sheepdogs. And he knows like several of the players in that band. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so he he comments on my video and he go he sent me a, a YouTube link. And he goes, check this out. And I, I clicked it and I was like laughing my ass off. Ah. And it's called Goodbye Mojave Road. So it's kind of to the tune of goodbye yellow brick road which was of course the famous elton john um how's your music taste joseph do you like all kinds of music are you an no, i like oldies and country music mm. Ooh. And, uh, and by the way folks if anyone's interested if you mm-hmm. really want to know why i call myself a harmonica player i'll be happy to play a little gig on here if you're interested a gig well you know as a little as a little piece or two you know you, I know, I know you're a harmonica player, but um, if you want to play live in studio, I'd be interested to know what kind of weird stuff you've been doing with that thing. I can you hear me. I can hear you good. Well, oh, I was getting notifications about things too coming across. So, oh, God, uh, one of the I songs that. I mastered recently was mm-hmm. by. Did you ever hear of that? Did you ever hear of that world famous singer by Phil Harris? Uh, Phil Harris. Isn't he the guy that was on the Jack Benny show for years? Are you still there? Yep, still I'm here. Getting wi- I'm getting Wi-Fi notifications, but two or three, three, three Wi-Fi bars or whatever, so yeah. Oh, God, just keep an eye on that Wi-Fi. Let's keep an eye on that Wi-Fi. And by the way, um, mm-hmm. one of the things I mastered by Phil Harris was that mm-hmm. song he did called The Thing. And, mm. uh, a couple little stanzas of it. It goes like this in the key of G.
is so good. That, that, that was like, oh my God, seriously, that, that was freaking awesome. I loved it. So there you have that, ladies and gents. The Thing, <laughs> written by Phil Harris and played by me. Oh, God, amazing. Oh, that reminds me of a song about a Chandler's wife. It, I, I wonder, it's, it's a song. I don't remember what, how it went, but it's, it's really funny. It's about a guy who finds the Chandler's wife in bed naked and she's like you want to come have some of that and there's like three claps that kind of implies what the hell you're talking about and the man's like i don't know i don't know and the wife is being a total temptress like tempting the guy it's a really funny story and i've also heard other song stories like that it's really funny uh you don't by chance have a copy of that do you i do have a copy of it somewhere in my big fluffy drive full of fluff and i don't know what kind of copy i have but yeah and i'm not even gonna bother putting background on your interview because um you just played beautiful harmonica and i want the listeners to hear your wonderful harmonica oh thank you thank you that's very sweet of you oh yeah trust me now i know why you're called harmonica player on everything exactly now i know why you're a you're a goofball as well so it takes one to know one. Yeah, that's that's what I do here on the on the podcast. But um, if you would like to submit feedback about Joseph and the things that you just witnessed here on this weird and out there podcast, I don't want to say it's totally weird, but there are serious subjects I will cover from time to time. And I enjoy doing recording with friends. So if anyone wants to, uh, if anyone else out there who's listening wants to hit me up and do an, uh, a podcast interview, uh, you know, about me, uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions. You can just favorite my podcast and then we could, uh, we can arrange know, something. Anchor with friends things. Yeah. Yeah. I like doing anchor with friends. I just don't understand why I got so many friends on anchor and some people left and, Oh, the, I took a poll on Twitter, Joseph and, Trenton was the only one who voted for one thing. There were only four votes in the poll, but 50% of Poland's voted for Anchor. Ah. So I'm going to have to. I love this thing. How could no, how could, why would, why would someone want to desert this awesome ship of Anchor? Ahoy me hearties. I don't know why, Joseph. I think the thing is what I'm really worried about is people might say, oh, it's inaccessible. I had a friend comment that, oh, it's not accessible. But then I said, oh, they've improved it big time on iOS and Android. Oh, yeah. Well, iOS, it, it works great on the iPhone. I have an iPhone 8, and it works very great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of iPhones. I can schedule episodes. I can publish episodes. I can record episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joseph. I'm about to kick. I'm about to kick somebody, and that would be Trenton, because... I don't know, but we, we do have someone coming a little later as of the time of this recording. But Trenton got a new uh, iPhone, the iPhone 11 in purple. Yeah. I've been having a hard time trying to get the stupid SIM card to go in right, and it's so hard to do. Well, when I, well, well the weird thing is, mm-hmm. when I got my uh, iPhone, mm-hmm. I was able to, we, we, uh, I had to get my phone updated. Yeah. And we, had to, and we went out in December at the end of last year. Mm-hmm way before this COVID-19 garbage broke out. 
And therefore, yeah. I was able, my dad and I were at Walgreens at the Sprint store, uh-huh. and um, I didn't have to do any self-activation or nothing like that. So um, oh. I was able to actually get a, a Sprint tech to uh, activate my phone. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you, Joseph. Oh, my Thank God. I, yeah, and that's kind <laughs> of the problem. And so I was able to leave the store with a working phone, me and my dad. Yeah, I know. The thing is, though, with COVID-19 breaking out, Trenton and I are unable to get a lot of help. Help on demand is important, but when you can't physically do something like put a SIM card into a phone, it's a That's problem. I never had to do yet. Yeah, I know, but you know, I I tried putting a SIM card into the iPhone, and it's hard. And I will let you guys know in a little closing announcements what we decide to do, but. We hope that our worker will be here after like four o'clock. And of course, uh, of course, when you get the SIM card in, how would you know how to, what to do for the next steps? <laughs> well, we actually, t- you know, what's funny. I think the phone accidentally turned its little self on, and then voiceover turned on, and then, and then Trenton set everything else up, but not the phone phone itself. That's it. Oh. So he's got voiceover. So he's able to log into his iCloud account and stuff, yeah. but he can't make any phone calls. He can't make phone calls yet on the phone yet. But he's logged into iCloud. But what we what we need to do is get the stupid card in and then just activate the stupid thing. But um, uh, yeah. Know, by the way, for those of you who are uh, speaking of iPhones, the Amazon mm-hmm. Alexa app works great on that iPhone too. Communications tab. <laughs> yeah, because Joseph had like what is what you have like an iPod. Prior and you I, couldn't do communications or whatever, right? Because I, I had a stupid little iPod Touch six generation and the Amazon app took the communications tab away from my iPod users. Duh. Oh my god, <laughs> Joseph! I I appreciate your. Let me see how far we've gone. Um, wow, eighteen and, minutes. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. I love doing this. <laughs> I love doing this as well. I am actually going to go ahead and let's see. Um, oh, I get. And so what I'm going to do is when this recording gets put in my library, I'm going to call it. Uh, actually, it's going in my library. Yeah, but a copy would go to me, too. Oh, I had no clue. Yeah. So when a copy mm-hmm. goes to me, mm-hmm. then I'll be able to publish it on my podcast feed, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> Wait a second, Joseph. I thought it only went to me. Well, dear heart, you know, uh, when you do when you use recording with friends, it goes to both recipients. Oh, no, no that's something I forgot. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, speaking of which. So you'll have a copy on your podcast and I'll have a copy, copy on your podcast. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to call my uh, the copy mm-hmm. I get in my anchor library when it uploads. I'm going to call it interview with Beth. Awesome. Yeah. And then you can show others what kind and of weirdness you've in, done. And then I can put in the episode description. I'm going to say, uh, in this uh-huh. in this podcast, you're going to hear me and Beth as an, uh, as she as she interviewed as she interviewed me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And what I what I like to do with my podcast is I like to have these like casual conversations and I like and to remember do a folks, lot of things. Uh, while I'm still on here, mm-hmm. my podcast is called Harmonica Player Podcast, and the description of it is is uh, gaming demos and other topics of interest for those of you who are want to check me out too. Oh yeah, speaking of gaming, uh, Trenton wants to get an Xbox. 
I hope he gets an Xbox. Because then when he does, Trenton wants to teach me to play Killer Instinct. And, oh, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, Blind Metal Gamer is doing a podcast. And he wants me to co-host with him every week of the... I don't know what we're going to do on Sunday, though, because it will have been 10 years since I came to Colorado. 10 years since my move to Colorado. Well, I've never actually played on an Xbox, and I, I didn't know that they were actually blind accessible either. Well, yeah. Well, the main parts are, but there are some games that still aren't like, well, how do I explain it? Like Grand Theft Auto, for instance, there is a mod for PC, but you can't really do story mode with it. Oh, God. Anyway, um... I think we've had some fun, Joseph. I'm going to go ahead and end this call. And thank you so much ah, for okay. joining the throne room. It's my pleasure, Your Majesty. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. All right. This has been the throne room with Beth Tarasi signing off. And y'all have a good one now. Oh. This is Joseph. Uh, this is Joseph. I have a harmonica player podcast. It's been a pleasure being interviewed. All right. Signing off. Yep. If you would like to be considered for an interview or a contribution to the podcast, please email, like I said in the interview and like I said in prior segments, denverqueen at gmx.com. I do not have any emails from any of you listeners out there. Please email denverqueen at gmx.com and I will read all feedbacks that I get. Hopefully, I will have some way to read those feedback emails, but I will talk a little bit about the feedback emails, and I will also discuss ways I, that you guys want to make the podcast a bit better. Thank you so much, and have a lovely rest of your week.